This is exactly right. Favorite murder, hometown minisode edition, edition. <laughs> twenty eighteen. Right, where we read you back your stories from your hometowns or whatever, something like that. At this point, it's just it, all over the place. It's branched off into so many, like the like the branches of a mighty oak. It's mm. gone in every direction. Mm-hmm. You can send us. You could send us a hometown about how you stick your razor blades into an old fashioned mm-hmm. um, mirror thing in your bathroom and they go into a wall. And we might read it. Because we're interested in that. Yeah. As well as hidden rooms. And as well as your cousin's best friend who was murdered. We want to know about the fucked up shit in your life. Right. Uh, to a degree. <laughs> Are you ready for this one? I'm ready. Because the subject line is. You're right. If you walk your dog in the woods, you'll come across a dead body. No. Hello, ladies. Parentheses and Steven. First of all, I have to say that I'm a huge fan of both of you. I knew it would happen to me the instant I moved to a small town and got a big dog. She gets right into it. Or he. Hell, it's the beginning of every Law & Order episode ever. That's right. My husband and I started taking my 120-pound... Doggo. That's more than I weigh. Just kidding. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Why, that's more than I weigh. <laughs> um, n- the dog's name is Groucho Barks, by the way. Amazing. Come on. Love it. That's made for Georgia. Yes. Um, on lovely walks in the woods. The day it happened, it was a beautiful snowy New Year's Day. We decided to take the pup on a walk, pup, on a walk up a back wooded trail. You lost that, Karen. <laughs> what? You lost Karen already. <laughs> uh, that is, uh, unless it's in Newfoundland. I wonder if it is. Um, that leads to a local park. I'm just saying it's not a puppy. It's a, oh, clearly a humongous. Right. What kind of dog is it? I need to know. Okay. This wooded trail runs parallel to the Missouri River and is beautiful and scenic and right next to a scary ass shack Mm-mm. that we dubbed the murder shack. How come everyone else gets shacks and we don't get them here in California? Um, I think that the, the second there's a shack, someone throws in some linoleum and they're like, hey, mm. rent's a hundred and, you know, $1,815. Right. Get three roommates, move into this shack. Okay. We start off the walk as always, and after a fashion, we let the dog off a leash to stretch his dog legs. Wouldn't you know, old boy instantly leaves the path and runs on over to the murder shack. Being a couple of fools, we decide to follow him and embark on our own little Scooby-Doo adventure style adventure. I round the corner to find my dog rooting around mm-hmm. the remnants of a campfire. Mm-mm. Instantly, the idea hits me that we might actually come upon a hungover homeless person who would be pretty pissed of us tramping through his stuff. I grab the dog leash, get him back up and the hell out of there when I see it. No. About six feet from me was a body of a man face down (gasps) in the freshly fallen snow, arms by his side, feet twisted around some roots. I calmly asked my husband, who was looking into the window of the shack behind me, if he has his phone on him, and could he please call the cops because that's a fucking body. Oh, my. It should be noted that at some point in my panic, I actually called out to the body in a shaky voice, Hello? Oh. Sir? Hello? 
I'm not exactly sure what I had meant to accomplish. I guess in my mind, I really wanted to make sure he was dead and not just sleeping in the snow. <laughs> I don't know. I'd never come across a dead body before and wasn't exactly sure what to do. I figured I'd try the polite route. Holy he didn't shit. answer. We make our way back down the trail. I called the non-emergency police line. A sweet lady answered the phone and made me repeat myself a few times. A body? <laughs> yes, ma'am, a body. Did you say a body? Oh my God. <laughs> um... Before she asked me my information, we only had to wait a few minutes before a slightly uh, out-of-shape cop showed up and was visibly annoyed at having to walk through the woods in the snow. He sighed loudly as he asked, well, how far is it? After the affair, he took down our information on, I shit you not, the back of a Mediacom envelope. Ah, small towns. That must be like DirecTV or something. Yeah, yeah. We never actually heard what happened to him because it was never in the local paper. About a month later, a dude in a bar with a police scanner had heard the whole ordeal. I love it. Grassroots. Um, Apparently, the poor man was a known drug user, was in and out of rehab, in and out of jail. And oh, that's it. They have since plowed down the murder shack. Stay sexy. Don't get murdered. Keep your dog on a leash. And if you walk the dog in the woods, you will find a body. Thanks for the fantastic podcast, Jamie. Oh, my God. That's so scary. That's I mean, even even if he tripped and fell and died in the snow, it's horrifying. Yeah, it's horrifying. Like the thing of like for people like us and we're like, I'm going to go in the woods. I bet I'll find a body. And then it actually happens. Totally different story. Has to be so jarring and like surreal and and frightening yeah i feel like very quickly after i realized that's what was happening i would be convinced that yeah. the killer was standing behind, behind me, me. that's yeah. why i was like non-emergency line i'd be like <laughs> fuck and like running massive emergency He's line still there yeah i know holy shit i know okay well um this one i just want to read this really quick you'll you gotta hear this okay okay Okay, so this this is from a woman who wrote to us. Uh, her, she saying, of course, not. She's leaving out any identifying details, redacting names and specific locations, and making certain she's not saying anything that isn't at least partially available as a public record uh, regarding the decedent. This is a great start. Uh huh. Okay. She, and her background is a Chicago slash Chicagoland homicide investigator. Oh hell yes! You ready for this? I am. Ladies, here we go. Seven years ago in the Chicagoland area, an adult female was found deceased underneath a fire escape in a private alley several miles from her home, covered loosely by a tarp anchored down at the corners with unspecified weighted objects. The deceased had no clothing from the waist down, no identification or personal effects on her person or at the scene, showed evidence of recent sexual assault compounded with evidence of chronic sexual abuse. And multiple gunshot wounds to the head, torso, hands, and feet. Jesus Christ. The reporting party denied any disruption at this, uh, of the scene, advising he she had become aware of the deceased from approximately 15 feet away as wind lifted the edge of the tarp and, uh, act, and then called 911. Fingerprints and DNA... Um, fingerprints and DNA samples were volunteered and obtained from the... Da, 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 da. Okay. okay. So that person's in the clear? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So then she goes on to say, uh, now to be less clinical, the woman I described was this bomb ass chick and a close friend of mine for many years prior to the murder. Oh, 
she was soft-spoken and straight edge, which is probably how she ended up involved with a man who had no qualms about taking advantage of her at every goddamn pass. He would rack up her credit cards, totaled her car twice, and the like. Worst of all, though, with a disclaimer that this isn't proven, I'm certain that he beat and abused her. She would never admit it was true, but all the warning signs were there, especially to someone trying to see them. When I got the news that she had been found murdered, I hadn't seen her in almost six months, and everything in me knew he had finally done it. Fast forward a few years, I had transferred to the homicide unit in the city where she had both lived and died. I was young and female with something to prove, which usually meant crazy late nights slamming Red Bulls at my desk. When my caseload was light, I'd sometimes take a little time to sift through old open files with fresh eyes. I could only, I couldn't, I could only resist pulling her jacket for so long. So one night I pulled it out and immediately fought, found myself pouring over every detail, reading and rereading each statement and letting every hideous photo sear itself into my memory, confident that I could break through the pain and the horror. I might just be able to see something that would make the difference. By all accounts, it was a bang up. It was bang up police works with no stone left unturned that I could see. The investigators clearly honed in quickly on the boyfriend, but no physical evidence was uncovered that tied him to it. Fast forward again now I'm working in my office late into the evening your shows are playing to fill the silence and I'm re-listening to episode number 58 specifically given my line of work I have a fair share of ghosts that have taken up residence in my head and sometimes my mind drifts back to my old cases when I'm not expecting it. It started by listening to Karen's Erickson twin story bringing up the memory of two women I used to run on uh, I used to run on all the time as a street paramedic who undoubtedly had some some of that folly ado weirdness going on. Mm. And my memory gates accidentally clicked open. At the end of that straight up banana stories, there's a long exchange between you ladies that I'm calling phase two of this process. This is cool. Yeah, okay. we're in it. Okay. Long <laughs> and short of it, Georgia asks, where is she now? I'm scared. And Karen references how the detective's theories didn't line up, then offers up that she thinks she should have done more re- more back-end research, but that she got caught up in the most fascinating parts because the mind just can't comprehend the craziness of the whole story. That resonated with me and started me down the line of thinking about this murder again. I've kept tabs on the boyfriend for years, but still no new answers. Have they gotten so caught up in this case that I'm missing the details? I need, uh, I need to nail this bitch to the wall. It's all too convoluted at this point. Okay. The episode continues to George's story about Mel Ingata- uh, Ign- Ignatu, who sounds like a human garbage with such vicious, malignant narcissism, he never thought anyone would be smart enough to figure him out. The similarities to her boyfriend were uncanny. This ignited my dormant white-hot rage that the case was never settled, and I bargained with myself that I could take a few minutes to settle the fuck down. Um, Blah, 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 blah. So, okay. Basically, she says she included that Mel goes... So this is the guy who killed his ex-girlfriend, but they couldn't... But, uh, okay, she includes that Mel goes on to sell the house after he was acquitted, hires a carpet layer to replace the flooring, only to find a floor vent with a plastic bag filled with jewelry and undeveloped film tape inside in the fucking ventilation system. Mm. So, um, so that was when he, he, he got acquitted of killing his girlfriend. After that happened, they found her jewelry and photos of her being murdered inside the house in the ventilation system. Oh, right, right, right. Remember that one? Yes. Okay. It was like the next owner did? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I had read the search reports from her house and his house probably 500 times, and they were incredibly thorough. Floors were torn up. Thermal imaging cameras uh, inside the walls and ceiling. Search hounds, even cracked sections of the driveway were evacuated to ensure that there weren't 
um, disturbed and resealed, squeaky clean. The furnace and water heaters were searched, but I didn't remember reading that the ducks were searched throughout the house. I was absolutely bristling. The boyfriend lived there until he was incarcerated for credit card fraud and identity theft, and the bank foreclosed on his house. They, the new people gave consent to search the house, acknowledging that they planned a demolition of the structure. Uh, got a, they got approval from the powers that be, uh, scheduled technicians to be there the next morning and made copies of the schematics. At 7.30 a.m., the team arrived at the house and started re-canvassing the house. This is the house of the ex-boyfriend, right? Yeah. Um, with radio silence for hours on end, I was deflated and started to feel embarrassed that I had wasted everyone's time on a hunch after the first two hours, which only got worse. I reached the point of mentally drafting my apology letters and resignation when they called for the field supervisor after 5.5 hours. Sure enough, they found a metal box attached to the ventilation system at an unspecified location in the house. It was photographed, processed, and when examined, had contents that had never been recovered that directly tied the suspect to the homicide. <gasps> the investigation the investigation was revitalized, and I can't say any further how this is playing out and going to con continue to unfold within the legal system, but I can't offer my personal opinion. That's a big fucking win. Thank you so much, ladies. This one goes out to you guys. Karen, your storytelling is essentially verbal portraiture, huh. and your insightful, relatable commentary on the mind's inability to see the forest through the trees when it's overwhelmed offered a newfound clarity that laid the rock-solid foundation this case needed for its closer. What? Closure. <laughs> Georgia, your research and the specific details you chose to include, coupled with your capacity to pull a uh, person connection uh, into your narrative of the lives of strangers, bridge the gap between these two unrelated cases. As a professional, I'm so appreciative for your help. As a person and as, and as her grieving friend, I'm forever grateful from the bottom of my heart that she can rest now. Yours in cold case justice, A.B. Holy shit. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and this was written a little while ago, so I want to follow up and be like, did you hear anything? Wow. What a fucking amazing thing to hear. Isn't that crazy? And then, oh my God, it's incredible. They, what a great story. I know. There was something there. I know. And there was all this shit that I was like, I can take that out. But then it like had to it, somehow. That was amazing. Yeah. No, I wanted to hear every detail okay. of that story. Okay. okay. Oh my God, that's so great. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. I mean, oh my God. Maybe, thank you so much for writing that. If you could give us a follow up, only if it's good news. Uh, yeah, when you're legally allowed to. <laughs> right. But still, God, that's so satisfying. I know, right? Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> so, so essentially, what she's saying is me not entirely. Uh, researching the story of the Erickson twins where Adrian my friend right. was like yeah did you see that art did you see that interview that they did when I was like wait what <laughs> she was like oh I immediately looked up oh my like, god there's, there's videos of them or at least one of them I think on YouTube uh -huh. she was telling me about it plenty plenty I like to leave the door open so that you yeah. can then get involved in researching it's, my story um, it's a choose your own adventure exactly right there's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. 
Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Hey, Karen, you know that feeling when you're stressed out and your heart starts to pound and your mind is racing? I do. I know it well. Well, while there's no cure for stress, therapy can help shape your response to it. And since May is Mental Health Awareness Month, there's no better time to try Talkspace. When you sign up for Talkspace, you'll receive a personalized match with a therapist or psychologist, typically within 48 hours. Forbes rates Talkspace as the number one online therapy platform, plus their licensed professionals are in network with almost all major insurance companies. Once you meet your therapy goals, or if you want to cancel for any reason, Talkspace will provide you with a prorated refund for unused time. I feel like these days people understand the importance of therapy, but the difficult part is just taking that first step. It took me months to make my first therapy appointment. I was so scared. I had a lot of ideas in my head about it. And that's why I think Talkspace is such a good idea, because making it so approachable will just get you there sooner. Then you can actually get in there, figure out what you need, talk to an actual professional, and be on your way to solving some stuff that you might want to solve. To celebrate Mental Health Awareness Month and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering our listeners $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80. Go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and use promo code SPACE80. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and enter promo code SPACE80 and get $80 off your first month and show your support for our show. That's Talkspace.com slash MFM. Enter promo code SPACE80. Goodbye. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant, like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could, as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant-quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. Goodbye. 
This is Unsolved Murder in My Hometown. Hi, Karen and Georgia. I live in a large town in North Carolina called Kernersville. There haven't been any murders here, and this is the only unsolved one. Okay. So there, there have been some. Uh-huh. So the murder of Kathy Goff Kennedy happened in October of 1994. Kathy, her husband, and her two kids had been living in this apartment for only three weeks. Her husband went on a fishing trip the night of, and Kathy was left home alone with her daughters, 11-month-old and 3-year-old, mm. for the night. Someone knocked on the door and strangled and stabbed mm. Kathy with a knife from her own apartment. Thankfully, the kids were unharmed. And still in the apartment. Her grandmother found Kathy the next morning. Oh, Oh, that's so terrible. The murderer still hasn't been found. A $22,000 reward has been offered for information leading to the arrest of Kathy Goff Kennedy's murder. The creepy thing about this case is that 22 years after her death on New Year's Eve, their house burned down. The only thing that was untouched by the fire was a picture of Kathy in her wedding dress. Thanks so much for an amazing podcast. I listen to it almost every day. I have made my dad listen to it also. He always comments on how much you guys say fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Every parent hates us for that reason. (laughs) Parentheses, don't worry. He loves listening. Love, Kim. Oh my god. So creepy. Did the husband do it? I mean, when I ever hear of a thing like that where it's like they moved in three weeks ago, I'm like, oh, like the person came back for (laughs) who they thought still lived there. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also, then if it's 22 years later and it's an apartment and it burns down, what was the husband still living? He couldn't have lived in the apartment where his wife was brutally murdered. Well, he must have. If her, unless her picture just happens to fucking be there. Or somebody lit it on fire mm-hmm. and then threw that picture on the top of it. Because it was unburned. No. Untouched by the fire. Nah. That's what it said. Yeah, but I think he lived there then. Well, how got... Uh, really? I would never... Yeah, that makes me think it's mistaken identity when it's like that close to when they moved in. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then again, they knew that the husband wasn't there. It's just, yeah, because they just moved in. Right. It's so horrible. Yeah. Um, we'll send your stories, you guys. Yeah, we, we love to hear your hometowns. My favorite murder at Gmail. Oh, please let us know if we help you solve a major (laughs) homicide in, uh, uh, in a large American city. We want full credit for that. We would love. Anytime you want to give us credit for you doing your job right. great, we would love to have it. Yeah. Anytime you want to give us credit for some fucking last minute research we did. <laughs> yeah. Compared to like some people really dig in and read books and stuff. No, we no, don't do okay. that. Um, as I like to say it, it's we're not trying to be 48 hours. We just want to retell you a 48 hours we saw that we liked. Exactly. That's really. Oh, speaking of which, just really quick. Um I was there was a I survived marathon that I started mm-hmm. watching, even though I've seen every single one of them mm-hmm. and I know every single one of them. And here comes our friend Jennifer Maury yes. telling hers. And I don't it's so stupid how proud I am to have met her. Yeah. Did and you start how, crying? She, I, I, a little bit because she tells that story so good. Yeah. Like that's part of why it's so compelling is there's some people where you're like, you shouldn't have been on this show. Yeah. Like, it's too it's too, too new for you right. or too close. But she just tells it so, like, amazingly. Oh, God. Yeah, so good. Um, anyway, send us your stories. My we favorite love murder you. at Gmail. We love it. Thank you, guys, for listening. Stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Bye. Bye. Elvis, one cookie? Good boy.
Good boy. That's a yes. Good boy.